<laughs> you know, I'm still laughing because I said Ganochi and I meant to say Nochi, but it kind of rhymed with Osanachi and Ganachi and whatever. <laughs> it was a play on words. It was <laughs> you fun. Know, when I was <laughs> in the store, that worked out perfectly because when I was in the store about two years ago with Rhonda, I looked at the shelf and I said, hey, look, Ganachi. I was quickly informed it was gnocchi, and I feel perpetually embarrassed from that moment. I will never live it down in my own head, but <laughs> ganache is excellent. Anything about, above, around, pick any preposition you want. Aboard, anything involved at all with potatoes, I'm in. Right? Yeah. That's actually Sorry. not true. I hate vodka. I'm not a fan of vodka. It tastes like fucking rubby alcohol, and I don't like rotten potatoes. It's not a lie there. The smell. You get that one in the bag and you're like, fuck. It only takes one to ruin a whole bunch. You know what I love? Mashed potatoes. You know what we have a whole lot of in this Crypto Campfire NFT Midsummer Night's Marathon? Mashed potatoes. We ain't got no no rotten potatoes. We ain't got no vodka. Just good shit. Lots of butter. A whole bunch of spuds. A little bit of cream, (laughs) some salt and pepper. Off we go. So uh, here goes Osanachi, or here went Osanachi, and up comes Zach Burks from Mintable. So it's been quite a while since we've checked in with Mintable. We recorded this episode back in August 2020, and holy crap, have things changed since then. Mintable is on fire, killing it every day so we've got to get them out on here and have an update i think pretty soon so let's do it let's throw some of those uh blue flamer uh acorns in the fire and get those colors going like copper you know you put copper in a fire yeah colorful there we go all right yeah get that colorful campfire rocking let's take a listen to zach burks from mintable let's get it welcome to crypto campfire They wouldn't sell out their siblings for a Turkish delight. Mitch and the Professor, featuring special guest Zach Burks. Hey guys, welcome back to another episode of the Crypto Campfire Podcast. This is the Professor. And Mitch. And today we're going to be talking with Zach Burks, the CEO and co-founder of Mintable. Well, Mitch, this one is going to be relatively exciting for me because this is, as you know, I've fallen head over heels and then some into the NFT rabbit hole as of late. And I've minted on several platforms, but I haven't minted anything on Mintable yet. You know, honestly, um, I wouldn't have noticed. I'm glad you said something. I was wondering what happened to you. You've just gone, <laughs> just disappeared. Yeah, I'm, I'm sitting there, I'm screaming, and nobody's pulling me out of the rabbit hole. I'm just stuck. So here we are. Um, we've had a few artists on the show. We've got a couple, uh, couple more minting slash gallery Uh, minting platforms or galleries depending on what you want to call them coming up um so we're going to end up with a little nft series kind of happening here that's cool you know it's really it's really interesting from for me because i like to see all the kick-ass artwork and design work and all that stuff i don't know how you guys do it i don't want to know how you guys do it because i (laughs) i just can't fathom my brain just can't handle it you might be surprised you might be amazing but this is it's really cool to watch and to see you just like it's it's almost like when we started the campfire and your excitement and passion was just like to the nines, you know, I mean, you were on cloud 12 and I see that again now with this stuff, you're just like lost in the NFT world and it's pretty cool. Yeah. It's a lot of fun, but it's addicting. It really I, is. I can imagine. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> there's, there's a lot of good art out there. I, I've been collecting and I've probably spent too much on art, but you know, we're going to pretend that didn't happen. And you know what? It's odd days. to say that yours is trash, but it really is. <laughs> it is, yeah. I like I like making trash art. That's that's something we'll definitely talk about today. The trash art movement. So right on. Um, all right. Well, why don't we why don't we get this rolling? Let's go ahead yeah, and bring Zach in and get started. Zach, what's going on, man? Welcome to the show. Hey, thanks for having me. Yeah, I've got totally... my s'mores ready, and I'm sitting around this campfire. Nice, <laughs> cool. nice. Got to have some s'mores. I didn't unfortunately prepare any s'mores. I don't have coffee. I do have ice water and a and a cup of mead. I don't even have a cold beer. Believe I'm like not. so short today. No, Just so short. No, out of beer. I'm thinking about going out and buying another bottle of scotch because I'm out and got a race today. So it feels like a good time to go get a, a bottle. So 
You know, honestly, the hey. only scotch I like is butterscotch. <laughs> it's on my ice cream. So. <laughs> uh, that's, that's good. I don't know. I love, I love scotch, but I, I definitely would prefer butterscotch in most situations. But I don't know. It depends right. on the scotch, though. If you have good scotch, though, the problem is like most of the time, if you get good like, if, if somebody expensive. gives you some scotch, <laughs> it's usually like tastes like a tire, you know. But really good scotch has that same tire taste, but with extra essence of wonderfulness. And I don't know what makes me like it, but I enjoy it. Uh, There's no better day to buy some scotch than when you get a raise. Yeah, exactly. Uh, it seemed perfect. I'm in a good mood, and I and I sold a made a good flip on an artwork this morning, so I think it's just a good time. Hell yeah. And the crypto market's not doing terrible. I mean, we're, we're holding them steady, you know, and that's, yeah, that's kind of nice. Right. We've got a little, been, little bump thing happening here. A lot of green days, you know, we had a couple of red mornings, but it's all good. Exactly. You know, so Zach, let's go back in time a little bit real quick. And I know this is kind of a redundant question and we have a new follow-up question to ask you, which was actually suggested as being our opening question, but we're not going to do that yet. First question is how did you get into crypto? And what got you hooked? And then after that, how are you going to get out of crypto? <laughs> you know, uh, the first question I've been asked a lot. I've never been asked that second question, at least not, you know, not publicly, right? My, my friends ask me that all the time. Yeah. What are you going for the suggestion on that one? <laughs> oh, that's good. Um, so getting into crypto, long story short, found Bitcoin in about 2012, 2013. Um, didn't really know what Bitcoin was at that time, right? Just like everyone when they find it for the first time. Um, so I was the fool who uh, said, oh, I'm going to be a professional trader when I found it, right? And I was, I was quite young as well. And um, so I started trading Bitcoin, uh, you know, about 20, like late 2012, 2013. Mm -hmm. And um, after that, um, just I've been in the space. Uh, sometimes like I, when I was in the military, I wasn't too active. Um, but then after I got out, I got real, real active again. Um, I found Ethereum in around, um, probably early 2016. And, uh, I converted all my Bitcoin over to Ethereum. Uh, and I actually started, the reason I found it was because, uh, I started doing development and, I. uh, you know, I've, I've always done software development, but I started doing blockchain development. I started looking into like how I could, uh, you know, do this. And that's how I found Ethereum. And Ethereum blew my mind, converted all my Bitcoin over to E. Uh, never looked back. I haven't had Bitcoin since. Uh, and um, so now I'm an ETH guy uh, and I've been making smart contracts pretty much since, um, you know, 2016. And when I found NFTs in late, 2017, I think, yeah, 2017 was when uh, CryptoKitties came out. Uh, mm -hmm. Basically, when CryptoKitties came out, I, I got really lucky, and I was watching the hackathon that their team was at. And so I saw the beta version of CryptoKitties, and this was the first time anyone's ever, you know, like, heard of this, uh, kind of like a game on the blockchain. And so as soon as, uh, as, soon as I saw them, uh, I, I loaded up, like, the beta. It was, like, beta.cryptokitties.co. And I, uh, and I started playing and I was, I actually won the first like two prizes for testing it because you know, everyone who's interacting with it, it was at the hackathon and they're all busy with their own stuff. But I was, the hackathon was at ETH Waterloo in, in Canada and I was in California at home, like in my underwear watching the live stream. So I was able to just spam the game and play the game. I was like one of 20 people playing it. So I, I got lucky and I won the first two prizes. Uh, <laughs> so I like to say I was the first person to ever make money with crypto kitties. Um, once I, yeah, it's weird flex, right? <laughs> hey, I was looking at Twitter's this afternoon and there's two hashtags trending that were like exactly the same. And it was about some gamer who just won some game that looked like you know, some child's Nintendo Switch game. And it was this massive, huge event that was happening. And I'm like, man, what a world we live in. We celebrate the th strangest things. And I, I would have thought I'd been more prepared for this being a video game addict as a child. But I feel like we're in a video game and I'm not even ready. It's crazy. Yeah, and then when you add blockchain into those games, it's like not only did you just win a tournament, maybe normally you maybe you win a few thousand dollars, but with blockchain, you could be winning millions of dollars. And it could become like a life shattering event to, to be able to like win that tournament. Uh, 
so I, I definitely agree. It's weird times, man. Uh, I think I think just the whole the whole situation that our, our world is in it just keeps getting weirder. Um, so, anyways, long story short, uh, after I found CryptoKitties, I fell in love with NFTs. The potential of what I can do was kind of uh, mind blowing, and I I kind of haven't stepped out of NFTs since. I've uh, everything I've done since then was making uh, NFT related projects or NFT smart contracts. Um, and so that's kind of my background and I, I ended up making Mintable um, after CryptoKitties a, a few months later and then that's, um, you know, that's about it. The rest is history. That's awesome. I love it. I mean, NFTs have so much potential in so many aspects of the world, totally unrelated to art that it's incredible. Um, so let's hit that second question. How are you going to get out of crypto? And this isn't, you know, what's your exit strategy to scam everybody, but what's, What's your long-term goal here? Like, do you see yourself retiring at 60 after running several successful crypto companies? Or do you think this is going to be a, a, sh a shorter term situation and we're going to move into bigger, more general things and crypto is going to become just a subset of stuff or what, what's your vision here? Um, well, I guess you kind of got to break it up into like two different categories right now. Are you talking about like price? Like when am I going to sell? Or are you talking about like a uh, career movement? When am I going to, leave the blockchain uh, space. Um, yeah, more, it's more towards the, the latter. It's not necessarily when you're going to totally leave the space, but it's, it's an open thing that's definitely not tailored towards the markets. Not when you're going to sell, but like, when are, when are you done with yeah. crypto? Is crypto gone? Is crypto not a thing? Did you get tired of it? Um, did we evolve past crypto being important? Or is this a passion when you're like 70 years old and yeah, in between diaper changes and stuff? Yeah. You know, yeah, hey, come on the computer. Hey, leave me alone. <laughs> Hopefully at 70, I don't have to sit at the computer. I'll have the computer injected into my brain at that point. <laughs> right? Uh, Wait, you'll just use right. the Oculus and talk through Facebook, right? Oh, fuck. Right. Yeah. Did you see that? I, I, yeah, I did. I, <laughs> Sorry. Did, that, did you see it? The, the Oculus announcement about Facebook? Uh, which one? I, I do have a I do have a VR setup, and I do feel quite nerdy when I use it. <laughs> okay, so let's let's preface this then with what are your thoughts on Facebook? Uh, well, I can answer that one question. I've never had a Facebook. Okay, okay. what well, you're about to if you have an Oculus headset? <laughs> yeah. Well, I don't. I don't have a. Wait, I do have an Oculus. It, Oh, shit. Okay, so I do have an Oculus, and yeah. uh, I, I don't want to have a Facebook. So, so Oculus just like announced that they are getting rid of Oculus accounts, and the only way that you'll be able to log into their systems is through a Facebook account. Come right. on, man. Straight I'm not shitting you either. Like, it's, no. on their, it's, it's legit, and I can't yeah. fucking believe it. I blew my mind. I'm yeah. like, <laughs> so much for their shareholders. <laughs> <laughs> That makes me mad. I'm, I'm, I, I really try to stay away from uh, Facebook. And Dude, it, you know, it's this really is the world off. Everybody that's got one of those things. Right, like yeah, all we, all I, we I, wanted was Facebook to have another level of our data. Yeah, especially because if you think about it, like if they're, you know, I'm sure they are, but if they're tracking and like uh, actually connecting the data from your Oculus headset, there's so much like, actual physical private information they can have like what your room is looking like you know yeah. how much yes. of a you know how how active you are and uh if if i have to connect it to a facebook account that's just well i can't i don't have a, an account so i'm pretty much screwed looks like i'm going to be selling the oculus yeah you right? might be buying some new hardware that's uh yeah i've been really wanting to get a vr headset I've, i mean i've got a playstation vr but it's really limited because i can't really plug it into anything else and so yeah, I've been wanting to fine. get one yeah. for like crypto voxels or Decentraland and just some of that stuff. Like there's a lot of these NFT um, events and stuff that are in VR, you know, and we've got all these nice metaverse galleries and stuff. And it'd be kind of fun to have a headset and, and view it, but it sure as hell won't be on an Oculus. You know, I'm, I'm always one to look at the upside of everything, right? And I guess the upside of this is it opens the door for somebody else to create that VR headset and say, screw you and not have to deal with Facebook and oh, yeah. blow sure out of the water. Seriously. Well, you know, I really like the new, the steam headset that came out a few months ago with like the finger uh, touch controls where you can like individually use your fingers. Uh, it, it's a little expensive. It's like a thousand dollars for the whole setup. Uh, and I mean, I, I think that one's uh, a much better contender than uh, Oculus. Uh, the only difference is I think, uh, 
it's just it's more high end and it's more for like the serious person. Whereas Oculus is trying to target the entry level market, I believe, where uh, you know you don't even have to have wires and it's all a standalone kind of system for their uh, their. I think it's the Quest. Um, but this is quite a this is quite a tangent we've got we've got down. to answer your yeah. original question. This I don't is know. This, this is the this podcast show. of tangents. Yes. <laughs> right. <laughs> what else would you do around a campfire? Uh, that, I guess that's true. That's true. And you know, I, I was exploring when I got my VR headset originally a way to. I wanted to make a VR, not like a game, but like an app where you can make your artwork and then tokenize it within VR. Because a lot of people draw or like model their art in VR and then like export it. And there's a lot of apps that do that. Um, but I wanted to go that step further and connect it to Mintable so that you can just from right there, you know have your wallet address, boom, bada bing, you know, you just minted it uh, in VR. Um, but love that. yeah, that was a, that was, that was quite a challenge uh, of a learning curve. So never happened. You know, it doesn't mean it can't eventually, you know, that's, that's the nice thing though, is uh, even having those thoughts and exploring the option is invigorating at the very least. I love seeing uh, integrations like that. And I like seeing people that, that like to think about those and all, all the different ways that you could take one product and make it, 10 times better by integrating it with something else. So let's get into Mintable a little bit before we end up too far down whatever tangent we find next. Let's, uh, ha- let's talk about how Mintable came to be. Like what inspired this? I, you know, I know you touched on it a little bit with how you got into crypto, but how did it how did that fully transpire? And then what is your goal? How do you seek to set yourself apart from the other uh, similar platforms out there? Yeah, so Mintable kind of transpired or came uh, out of, a uh, program with consensus. I I was, as I mentioned, you know, I, I was really focused on NFTs, and so I was working with consensus um, just to get certified, basically as you know, a Solidity developer. Nothing, uh, nothing major, and you have to have a final project. So I, I was just like, I, I, you know, I don't know what to do. I'll just, uh, I'll just make an NFT thing. I'll just make it so you can mint NFTs, and then you know, that's that. Uh, and so I made that. And that was very simple and easy. And then I realized, well, if they're using this, they're probably going to need to uh, manage it because there's nowhere to manage it. And if they, you know, if they have to use this this kind of service, then they obviously are not going to interact with the smart contract. So I made a manager, uh, and I submitted that. I did that. Got you know, got my A and uh, got certified. But uh, during that process, I was kind of googling around to just kind of see what other things that are similar like this. Uh, and I couldn't find anything. And I realized that it was the, like the first one on the internet, right? There was no, there was no place for you to like, if you go right now, if you Google, like make a ERC 20 or even make it ERC 721, you're going to find, um, for ERC 20, like thousands of websites where you can just make your token, right? Because of the ICO craze. Uh, but with 721, it's a lot more limited, right? There's basically a handful of us that are doing it. Um, so, but at the time there was no one, uh, it was just like Mintable was the only one. And yeah, I called it Mintable just because it, you know, I, I just needed a quick name for the project. And I was like, oh, okay, let's you make something that's Mintable. Um, so I, uh, I realized that and I was like, Hey, this is kind of a good idea. Maybe, maybe there's something to this. Um, and at the same time, there was no manager either. So 721s were fairly new and like in your MetaMask, you couldn't transfer 721. Uh, you couldn't, there was no, like, uh, on my ether wallet, there, there was no ability for you to like transfer. You can transfer, uh, normal ERC twenties, but you can't transfer NFTs. So when I realized I was like, okay, well, this is also a useful tool as a manager. I was like, okay, I need to, you know, polish this up and, and release this for like an alpha and kind of see if anyone's interested. So I jumped around with a few different ideas for like business ideas behind it, um, at one point, I was like, maybe I'll make a social media site around it. Uh, maybe I'll be a business-to-business, you know, kind of software as a service company and allow tokenization of assets. Um, eventually, I just released out the alpha to kind of see what kind of feedback there was. Uh, we released the beta a few months later, uh, new and improved, better UI. Uh, the first one was super, super ugly. Uh, the, the beta was still, that's, that's the version that you can see on the Ethereum one right now. It's, it's like the upgraded beta. It's been, you know, tweaked over the years as in fixed bugs and things like that. Um, but now we have the 2.0 that I'm working on Ethereum on for right now. And then we've already launched it on Zilliqa. And so the, the 2.0 is like the full, the full idea into fruition. Um, 
all the all the all the business models uh, enabled uh, and all the features for the users to um, you know explore and, and benefit from because a lot of these features there's just they they haven't been done on other platforms and so this is kind of the thing that uh, Mintable has done is has pushed things Good forward. Lord. So we were the first That's manager, crazy. and then shortly after all these places started making NFT managers because they're like, Hey, you know what? That's a good idea. Like that's another type of asset for tokens that we need to support. Um, and so maybe it was just the timing or maybe Mintable has something to do with it. I don't know. Um, but so we were the first to do that. And then we did batch minting. So we were the first to release batch minting for NFTs. Uh, and that really caught on. There's a lot of other platforms that I'm sure you might even have them on as a guest soon. I don't know. Uh, that basically just directly copied the batch minting code from us, which is fine. It's a smart contract. It's public. That's what it's for. Um, and so that's been a really big impact in the NFT space, allowing batch minting uh, to kind of push the space forward. Uh, and so, you know, we try to we try to do something that everywhere else is going to look at and be like, hey, that 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 makes absolutely a hundred percent perfect sense. Why are we not doing that already, right? And um, so that's kind of the approach that we're taking to stay, uh, you know, on the forward edge and to differentiate ourselves. So our next version that we're releasing, the 2.0, we have a ton of features that fit into that category of like slap your head thinking, why, why have we not done this already? Um, some of them are like really basic stuff that you're just going to think like after it's, after it's implemented, you're going to be like, what, really? OpenSea doesn't do this? Or... You know, the other platforms don't do this. It's ridiculous. Um, and then OpenSea, of course, would be like, wow, why are we not doing this? We need to do this. And they'll probably implement it. Um, other things are like smart contract related things that uh, everyone will essentially copy just because it's like a new, more efficient way to do something. So, of course, that's going to propagate and everyone's going to kind of adopt that. Um, so, like one of those examples is uh, the smart contracts themselves. I'm redesigning the 721 standard. Uh and I'm, I'm basically done with it um, so that it's a lot more gas efficient to do batch minting and it still is the 721 standard, right? Like it still works on every wallet, every exchange. Uh, it's just, it's just like a different, a different way to do it, right? Same sentence with just a different handwriting. And um, what that means is right now at batch minting, even the most efficient batch minting that other platforms like, have improved on or, or anything like that, the, and they're about the same as like Mintable and any other platform for batch minting is the same, but if there was another platform that improved on it, you still have a certain limit when you do it a certain way with the 721 standard. And that limit is roughly, you know, 40 to 80 tokens in one transaction. And if you, if you do all 40 to 80 tokens, you actually take up the entire block. Uh, in terms of your transaction, it's so big that you're the only transaction. Maybe one other can fit in the block instead of the like, you know, however many get into a normal block, maybe 50 to 100 at this point. Uh, it, it depends on the, what the transactions are doing. But with uh, batch minting, it's like just you. And what that means is that you have to pay a lot in gas because you, you're, you're paying for the whole block. Um, you have to pay a lot in gas fees to encourage a miner to select your your transaction uh, because they're losing out on the fees from all the other transactions they're not including. Uh, and then, you know, you're you just, if you, uh, if you think about that, like it's overall not a good system for the blockchain. So uh, the limit there with 40 to 80 is currently uh, about, uh, let's just say 8 million gas. And this is before they upgraded. So 8 million gas, um, so not the entire block, but it was before, uh, and it's it's pretty damn close. Um, if that's why I set up to eighty, because if you go to you know uh, improve it to another higher, you can get some more trend, uh, more tokens minted in there, but the transaction's still going to take up the whole block. So, anyways, you do all that times the current gas prices, and you're looking at roughly maybe five hundred dollars for one transaction to make uh, forty tokens, which is absurd. Right, so that's a current gas price. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's um, you know, that's like a payment on a car. That's uh, that's like half your rent, right? A monthly rent for for forty uh, tokens. So when you when you think about that, that's just absurd. Now that's at current gas prices because they're really high right now. But uh, if you 
if you look at normal gas prices, like maybe five to 10 gui, you're still looking at anywhere from like, you know, 40 to a hundred dollars. Um, and that's, that's still a lot of money just to make 40 tokens. So what, what I've done, I've redesigned the whole contracts and I made 5,000 tokens for how much guess? I want uh, let's see how much do you think it costs to make 5,000. I'm going to, I'm going to say uh, hundred and 150 bucks. Just throwing a, throwing a dart at the dartboard. Hmm. That's, that's a good guess. Um, but I, I, I wouldn't accept what? that. It cost me nice. $8. Yeah, it costs eight dollars to make that's five thousand NFTs, and um, so that's yeah, that's huge because right now a lot of people like okay, think about it. The art, the artwork that you made. How many prints did you make, Professor? He gone. Yeah, <laughs> He's trying to find his mute button. button. I was multitasking here. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, so I usually don't mint multiples. I usually mint singles, but um, on occasion I do you know five, maybe okay. five series or four. Um, I did a out of 10 one time, but yeah, I don't usually often mint the multiples. I see. I see. Well, um, we do have a lot of projects that reach out to us and say, you know, they want to do a wildlife project and tokenize every species of tree in the Amazon. And, uh, and they're like, we, we have about 332,000 tokens we want made. And so I always have to tell them like, Hey, sorry, you know, that's just really not feasible. Um, but with this system, it is. And so that's the exciting part. And for $8, it's, it's quite affordable for 5,000 tokens. Um, so that's super exciting that we're doing something like that. And, you know, as soon as we, we finish everything with that and we go live, we're going to release that to, um, you know, the world basically. And anyone can, uh, any other competitor platform will most likely adopt it for batch minting uh, because why not, right? And um, yeah, that, that's, that's just one of the things I mean, that we're adding. That's part of the reason why right? I don't batch of course, we're adding adding a rule. just because of the expense of it. So. I'm definitely looking forward to playing with that. And then, I mean, looking forward, we have ETH 2.0 coming up, which is, you know, maybe promising as far as that goes, but there's also a lot of concerns that go along with moving to a proof of stake system. So um, it's much better to, to formulate a better solution on the existing system. So I, I like that you've done that. Yeah, that's why, that's why moving to a, a layer two isn't really a big priority for me. Like I've explored it for all the major layer twos that we have out there. Um, you know, Matic, Context, uh, and some other ones. The thing is, is it's just not a good user experience. It's not that smooth. And, you know, layer twos can disappear, right? But layer one cannot. Ethereum's not going to disappear. Like, um, you know, if Matic shuts down its doors and Matic's gone tomorrow, you know, you're screwed. But that's not going to happen for Ethereum. And so I think that before you go to a layer two, you really should try to be optimizing on layer one. Uh, you can always move to a layer two at another point, but you can't go back, right? Like if, if the layer two goes away, you're just pretty much screwed. Um, and I think if, if, you know, places are going to move to a layer two, then they really need to be selective about it. Because if we have one, one platform for NFTs on maybe, you know, some layer two protocol that no one's heard of, another platform is on, you know, a, a second layer two platform. And then finally a third one is on a third one. It's just going to be, it's just going to be horrible because you're going to be like, Oh, well, I didn't know. I couldn't, I couldn't sell my NFT on OpenSea, or, Oh, I didn't know. I, I, I couldn't do this or I couldn't do that because it's just, you know, for example, OpenSea, they're not going to, they're not going to support three different layer, uh, layer two systems. It's just, it's just not possible. Uh, maybe, maybe really far down the road if they're all standardized, but at the beginning, it's not possible. They're, they're, each one of them is different and they all have their own requirements and specifics. So I, I really think people got to be careful as a uh, kind of a community uh, in the NFC space, not to kind of segment things. It's, uh, it's almost like Apple's uh, like Apple and windows, right? Like, like you, you get, there's going to be a distinction of, Oh, I'm i I'm using this layer too. So I can't download Microsoft word. I can't, you know, I can't play video yep. games, blah, blah, blah. Right. Be so I was going to, I was going to ask you, you know, on a, on a geek scale from one to 10, where, where you were at, but I, I've already answered that question. So the next part to that question is tech a passion for you or is it your main squeeze? Um, well, it's both. You, you know, you, the, the first question or the second question was, uh, 
was about what was my exit. And, you know, one of the things you brought up is like, is this like a job or am I passionate about it? I'm super passionate about crypto uh, and NFTs. So, you know, I've been, I've been full-time crypto for, Oh, wow. Oh man. Four years now. Uh, Just, just like, just, you know, no other job, just full-time crypto. And um, it's, it, I, crypto is super interesting, right? So no, uh, it's it, very hard it? to get bored. Go ahead. Uh, sorry. And I don't, I just don't, I just don't see that ending anytime soon. Yeah. I mean, you never know when you work in an industry, right? Maybe one day you do switch to a new industry, but um, right. I mean, I don't, I don't see that happening. how many other industries right now can basically afford you to do that. Right. I mean, that's one of the things about cryptocurrencies is it's afforded us um, a lot of us. I mean, not necessarily myself yet, but a lot of us to be able to pull off and do it full time and, and chase that passion, you know? Um, Whereas most other things that you find yourself passionate or excited about you, they don't really, they, they can't afford you to be able to do that if that makes sense. So that's, that's one of the, one of the beautiful freedoms that come with being, you know, into crypto because you can become free. You can become free from the, the, the standard everyday humdrum, you know, get up, go to work, slavery job that all of us work for to pay taxes and, and just to do it again the next day, you know? So, I mean, this is something just so mind baffling and exciting and, and to see the continual change in the technologies and like with NFTs and now DeFi is a big, you know, a big push on, on DeFi. So it's just, it's, it's really it's never changing or it's never ending the change, how it, how it just flows. And it's like crypto is definitely a 24 hour thing. And that's, that's the weird thing. Cause somebody's always developing 24 seven. It's, it never changes. So that's, that's pretty awesome. All right. So Zach, I'm going to need you to pick a random household object. Can you, uh, can you hear me? Yep. Oh, okay. You said pick a random what? A random household object. Okay, I got one. All right, what is it? A fork. Okay, now you have to replace a body part with that fork. What do you replace and why? Probably a finger. (laughs) What else do you use a fork with? Come on! I guess... (laughs) (laughs) Come on, you can't think of something better than eating. Well, I could, I could like... I would be like a ninja. Think about how easy it would be to pick stuff up. You could just poke (laughs) with a fork. Yeah. Right. Or uh, you need to have a fork finger and an extendo arm, and you could be like, you know, the little stabby things for when you're walking around picking up garbage. <laughs> I feel like at that point, I might as well just get a tan. Become I mean, homeless. it, it like, might come like in, just... you know, come in real handy for <laughs> picking, <laughs> you know, picking your ear or whatever with one of the forks. But <laughs> I don't know. I'm just just trying to think outside the box. You know what? <laughs> <laughs> that depends on how bendy your uh, extendo arm is. Yeah, right. Kind of difficult if it's just real straight. And don't long poke yourself. Your I can see that now. <laughs> I would end up injuring myself. It'd be like Christmas story all over again, but it wouldn't be a BB gun. It's just my fork finger. Sorry. Uh, I'm glad <laughs> I picked something with utility instead of something yeah, right? like this mouse pad. <laughs> okay, so if you had to replace a body part with a mouse pad, what would it be? Uh, you opened yourself up to that one. I guess, you know what? I think I would replace my six pack with that mouse pad so that it was more flabby. Cause I right. have, yeah, just to be fair to everybody else, yeah. it's not, yeah. it's, it's right? unacceptable. You walk down the street and shame everybody. Right. Yeah. Six pack. I want, right. I want the words Lenovo on my, on my stomach <laughs> for the rest of my life. <laughs> uh, well, I'll tell you what, if I ever uh, end up with a glass desk, I'll be looking for you. A glass desk? Because yeah, mice don't work on glass desks. Yeah, oh, it was a stretch. It was, it was a real big stretch. But <laughs> I was going to say, that kind of went oh, in so many different directions. <laughs> oh my God. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, we're not going to go there. I know, yeah, right? Is, you can tell he's still trying to wake up. Do a hot night, late, uh, <laughs> late night hot cast at six in the morning. Yeah. No. Uh, uh, it's not, it's not, it's well, it's this not is... too bad. I, I can I can I can play around. I was what in the branch military. were you in? I've uh, I've, I've oh, done yeah. my what was your MOS? Army. 
Nice. I was a little, I was eleven eleven mechanized. Eleven M. Okay. Mechanized and uh, and anything anything that you're inside a vehicle really uh, really bothers me. Yeah, I don't. I don't, I don't want to be inside a tank. I don't want to be inside an MRAP. I don't want to be inside any, even a Humvee. I just, it's, it's too, uh, I feel like uh, right. it's like I'm in a summer. I loved you know? it. Like I'm going to get it. I, I totally like, loved it. I mean, I, I was, uh, I, I was attached with a, um, a Bradley fighting unit and I got to, you know, I was a driver for a while and then I moved up to a gunner and then we did, um, we did some live exercises in the desert and we, um, I was able to, I was a loader for a, on an M1 Abrams crew and did a bunch of live fire exercises with that. That was badass. I, I mean, those, those things are just so incredible. Um, but yeah, I had, you know, I had good times in the military and, uh, you know, I got out and I did 10 years national guard and yeah, crazy times. But, um, but no, thank you for your service. Hey man. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you for your service. Right? And thanks for paying taxes too. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> what do you think about crypto taxes oh my god 25 percent capital gains bullshit do you think that's going to change with the the recent recategorization of it as a cryptocurrency what do you know (laughs) i've got to run guys thanks for the uh <laughs> yeah, I don't. This is a great episode. Right. I actually got hacked last week. I'm. Fr- I don't have any crypto left. I was got stolen. Fire on my boat, and I brought on my life. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's gone. I love it. Yeah, yeah. Okay, yeah, so so let me it ask happens. you: of all the of all the artists <laughs> in the crypto space that you've ran into, who stands out the most to you? Like, what piece of art stands out? Just jumps out at you right now in in your first thought. Is it? There's that's so a, many. That's a hard one, man. Uh, I'm, a, I'm, a, I'm a, well, you think about it. I'm a, I'm a kind of a technical guy. I was in the military. So when you talk to me about art or design or your emotions, it's kind of hard for me to, you know, uh, kind of <laughs> appreciate it. You know, not, not the emotions. I could get that part. But, uh, but when, when I look at art, a lot of times I'm, I'm just like, I don't okay. understand this or, you know, what is a, what is like, what's the connection here? There's so, there's some art that like really pisses me off and there's some art that I'm like, oh, okay, I'll stare at this for about 10 seconds. And then I, you know, I move on. Um, there's, there, there are very few pieces that have actually touched me where I look at it and I'm like, oh wow. You know, and maybe I'll stare at it for a little bit longer. And I'm thinking about like, hey, should I buy this? Um, but I, I'm just, I'm just overall not really an art guy. I think it's very, it's about one out of a thousand pieces will make my, uh, make like my emotions actually like flare up where I just look at it. And I'm like, oh, cool. okay, I feel, I feel something for this. Um, so there you your go. art is the code. Yeah, I guess. Yeah. And, and anyway, I mean, I, I feel that cause I'm a developer. So like, I understand that that thought process. I'm a very mechanical guy. I like to build stuff and build motorcycles and work on cars and, Write, write code and all that stuff. And it's, it's kind of, it's a different thing that you get excited about. Like, I mean, I've, I happen to have a passion for, for visual arts, but at the same time, I can see exactly where you're coming from because as I, when I was younger, I didn't have that, you know, when you're a kid, you don't, you don't really care about that stuff. Yeah. I think, I think it's kind of at that level where it, I mean, I understand why someone might value it or pay for it. And that's not the issue with me. It's just like, what I think about, do I personally feel connected to it? A lot of artwork, I don't. Um, but then at the same time, you know, uh, when I see a banana taped to a wall, I think, my God, what the hell is this shit, right? And seeing that it goes for hundreds of thousands of dollars or I don't even remember how much it went for, um, that just really grinds my gears. Um, but there, but there, is, there is some art that I'll occasionally come across. I don't remember any of it. Like, uh, I, have, I have a few pieces in my wallet, nothing major. Just from people I like to support, not really about the right. artists, about the supporting the artists, um, for, for the stuff that I have. Um, but I'll tell you, there are things I do remember that really pissed me off. So the uh, the the white pixel, transparent pixel, the red pixel, all that shit going for however many thousands of dollars. Like what? Uh, one was fifteen thousand. I think it was like what twenty thousand. Yeah, and it's it's just it's just a white square, right? It's just a white square or a red square. It's just like it's they just opened up paint, picked a color, 
put fill all, and then that's it, right? And it sold for, you know, twenty thousand dollars just because the person behind it uh, has a few that's thousand followers on Twitter, right? And uh, yeah, right, that, that really that. is annoying to me. Like, you have people that like make genuine art, and some people say that 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 that, that red square or the white square was genuine art. Uh, because if you open up the, the the image in a text file, there's like a hidden message in it. That's a stretch, like, though. That's a stretch. Dude. I mean, you look at other artists that are putting out some incredible time-consuming stuff that takes them days and days and days to, to make, and then they get one-eighth for it. Yeah. They barely get on it. This is a really good, off, a really good point, though. Okay, so, like, does... does uh... No, because value, value I think value just is what no, somebody's willing to pay value? for something. But the fact that somebody's willing to pay fifteen right, grand right, for a right, white right. square, so, I, I got a thousand white squares here. I'll let them go for a hundred bucks a piece. <laughs> I understand that. I, 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 I hear you hundred percent. But now I'm going to ask you a deeper question here. What I mean, what what defines art? Is it something we talked? You know, Zach, you were talking earlier about how some things would make art. Some some art pissed you off, like. Arguably, that might be better art than the one that you looked at for a couple of minutes, thought about buying for a second, and then forgot about. You well, know? I, so it's I, one of those things where it's a psychological game in a way. I hate to break it to you, but the definition of art is one noun, the expression or application of human creative creative skill and imagination, typically in visual form. Right. Cool. To me, there is defined. Right. Now, creative skill and imagination is now define creative skill and imagination. Does it have to be? visually appealing creativity well, everybody just have to be creative differently though right i'm gonna throw this one out there i put this out as a as just a joke right well let's let's talk about this nft that i put out just as, as kind of it was a, a commentary on exactly these pieces we're talking about the white square and the red square okay so there was one that sold for 15 yeah what 15 eth or fifteen thousand bucks or some shit for 30 eth and it was white it was just the white square right yeah that's what but I'm it was called about. zero and I was like, okay, is that really zero though? It's not really zero. Zero would be nothing. And that's a square of white, which is actually all of the color technically. So no, that's not nothing. So what I did is made an empty file with fucking nothing. And I named it .jpg so that Rarible would accept it. And I uploaded it. And so it's forever broken on the blockchain. And actually that got collected by the Museum of Crypto Art, which is the same. Is that, uh, is that yours? That, that was your NFT that had the broken the broken image on Rarible, and I yeah. I saw that. Yeah. So that was. So my question is, where where is the line drawn? Is that considered art because it was technically nothing? Yeah. Or is it the white art because they were creative and hid something inside of it? I don't you know. know I guess I guess we'd have to hear. Uh, I I think his name is Murpak, right? Or is it Pack? Uh, yeah, Pack. Uh, but yeah, Murpak I, is his Twitter. Yeah, I think we need to. I, we'd have to hear like his reasoning behind the artwork of like what makes it, ex, you know, his expression. But I, I would yeah, almost what makes it special. But from you, from hearing what you've said, I would say yours is is more artwork than the white. Because if I'm, I'm assuming that he just put a white square and then that's it, right? And there, there's really nothing about it. And of course, that's right, probably exactly. not correct, right? He's probably got some reasoning behind it and some some form of expression that he's doing. But for you, you're doing it as like a reaction to real world events, right? So it's very similar to when you make like artwork in, uh, in the real world about say like a war effort or something else that's related to real world events. And, um, right. and then you do it so in a manner that kind of is like breaking the system, quote unquote, right? Because right. it's literally right. breaking rareable. Um, so I would say that it definitely is art. Uh, now valuing it, who knows, right? That's not my job. I can't, I don't know. Right, exactly. Uh, I, I posted it for like a stupid number. I ended up selling it for like 0.55555 because it was five fives. And we, Pablo wanted to decide on an interesting number. And so well, know, I, I a, felt like, I don't, I don't, it's not, you got what? I got a friend I'll call and we'll see how much is valued at, but best I could probably offer you is 215. <laughs> nice. Yeah, it's, uh, it was kind of fun. I mean, it's just, I, I'm, I'm enjoying just, putting this stuff out there and then seeing what other people are doing with other stuff. Like I, it's, I don't know if you've seen any of the shit that's going with like Rob Ness and Max and Rarible and the washing thing and the hot potato. And that kind of falls into that same category of like, you know, we wash traded a potato picture 
and called it hot potato and then got banned from or got unverified on rareable or whatever and so then they took screenshots of that and then made more art social commentary on that and then it just keeps going deeper and deeper and deeper so part of it's like really interesting and really funny and then part of it is also kind of going back to like well where's where's the line drawn of creativity and now you're just dumping out screenshots of content um for for entertainment purposes and so but you know how do you define what it really is it's and it all goes right back to what mitch said it's what somebody perceives when they when they when they look at it if it's valuable to them then there's value and maybe it's art but it's it's really hard to say it's such a crazy world and people have been having this conversation about art in the real world for for hundreds of thousands hundreds or thousands so of like, years so like to me when i, when I think so, about art or try to define what art is art is nothing but an expression of one's emotion or an expression of one's um inner self right most of the time or it's or it's an impression of what you visually see so somebody can see something right with their eyes and their impression of whatever it is they're looking at gets put into art form gets put into a painting or gets put into a drawing um or or somebody's life experiences get put into words and get put into rap music or get put into a song you know to me that's that's the definition of art it's it's the expression of one's soul and the expression of oneself that defines to me what art is um and it's going to be viewed differently by everybody. So everybody okay. sees things differently with their eyes. So you can look at a painting and get one thing out of it and somebody else will look at it and get something totally different out of it. So to me, that's. And you might go through. Right. But when somebody just get what the slaps something on a piece of paper and says, that's art. It's, it's I struggle with that. You know what I mean? Unless they're just a total empty soul and they have no, they have nothing in them to put on that piece of paper. So then at that point with yeah. that explanation, you could say, Oh wow, I get it then. You're just empty. Okay. <laughs> right. You're just empty. Yeah. Like you say, it's an expression of self and it's, you know, I guess if that's what you're feeling, but it's, it's one of those things where there are people that just do that. They just like, make stuff with no feeling because they're just pumping it out in in mass quantities just trying to sell their art or whatever and i don't even mean in the nft world specifically but just in general you know it is what it is and it happens in every industry it's not just art you know you have the cheapened ends of the trades right so it's it's just kind of a human nature thing and i just i gotta uh, figure out how to how to turn to custom entertainment centers and custom woodworking that I do turn that into NFTs. That's what I need to figure out. And then people could own them all over the place. <laughs> yeah, there you go. Well, I mean, honestly, what you could do is you could uh, model them, you know, 3D model oh, yeah. them, and then you can sell an NFT That'd with be a 3D cool. model. You could, yeah. or you could, okay, here's two. One, one's kind of crazy. The other one it's got to be a better way. The first one is chisel in the private key, yeah. either uh -huh. a QR code or something into the wood. So when you buy it, you, it comes oh, with a wallet cool. that has the NFT in it. Or, yeah, that's a, it's an interesting way to do it. Or uh, you could just have a system where if they purchase the NFT, they can redeem the, um, the actual woodwork itself. Uh, but I don't know how you're going to yeah, uh, know, right? ship an entertainment system. So... <laughs> That'd be a little, <laughs> yeah, it's yeah. a little tricky in that aspect. Right, it's, right. Because you could actually ship like that painting. easier. So my yeah. my art's not as but, transportable. But maybe it is. It and you just haven't found the way. So time. Who knows? Zach, this has been awesome having you on the show, brother. Thank you so much for joining us tonight. This was a lot of fun, and I actually learned a little bit of stuff. Um, I don't know much about NFTs and how to mint anything. So this was this was fun. Yeah, man. Thank you. I'm, I'm glad you learned something. And uh, I mean, I'm, I'm always happy to come on back. It was a lot of fun. So yeah, awesome. I enjoyed sitting around the campfire with you guys. Yeah, we'll definitely have to have you back on. I think there's a, a, a lot more deep conversations we could get into that. Uh, if, if we, we, we almost need like a <laughs> well, you know, we got to do a two so hour we'll special, but we got to do it live. And we got to have like three or four different people from the NFT world join us. That would be cool. That would be cool. Yeah, we got to do that. Let's do that. I mean, no, I, could get, I could get some of the artists on too. Um, we're going to have... Wouldn't that be awesome um, though to do? Well, I can't say yet, but yeah, we've got some cool some cool artists. We, we could do that. Get a couple of the... Okay. I'll work on that. <laughs> yeah. Awesome. Why don't you have Benza work on that? <laughs> 
<laughs> yeah, Actually, we're all... I could, but he's busy too. We'll see. I, I'm in all the. I got. I, I, got, I, got, I got. I got. I, got I know. People I know game, people. So all right. We'll make it happen. <laughs> Again, Zach, thank you I so know, much for joining us guy. tonight, brother. The, the, the smokes <laughs> were amazing, and I'm sure your your coffee was very hot and good. Awesome. All right, brother. Thank you, guys. Take care. Have a good one. Peace. Take it easy, man. Bye. Uh, that was fun. Yeah, it was. That was fun. It was like a lot of fun. The, to conversations like that. It was. Yeah, I was, I was, trying, I was trying not to get too deep on some shit because, like, I'll end up spiraling and talking for two hours on stuff that I'm confused about. I, I mean, if I could put memes on our little notes thing, you, you'd have seen some dude with his head exploding, and you'd have seen Spanky tapping on the table. <laughs> I mean, all kinds of shit. I was just like, woo, that was mm. fun though. I mean, seriously, I, it it excites me to see you that excited about shit. So that's that's a lot of fun. That's, yeah, what, it was fun. that's what makes it cool as shit. I'm having a good time. I tell you that much, but uh, I'm actually going to be editing right now. Cause we are releasing, hold on. Who is it? It doesn't matter who it is. Cause right. it'll, Cause it'll be been released a long time <laughs> before you guys right. are getting this, but I hope you like that episode <laughs> that I just released a month ago before you heard this. So yeah, great. Wonderful. Thanks. What <laughs> the fuck I'm talking about anymore. <laughs> Shit, I just got a Charlie horse. No. <laughs> Fuck, it hurts. The world is ending. 2020, take me now. Oh, so 2020, what the fuck? You see there's like fire tornadoes in California, but it's raining chocolate in Sweden. <laughs> Dude, this place, this world, this, this, this year is just <laughs> so fucked. Oh my God, this year is going to go down in the history books. There's no question about it. And... But it's going to go out like a f it's going to be amazing in 2021. Oh, yes. Yeah. We, we, you know, if it wasn't if it wasn't for for the space that we're involved with and the people we're involved with and this this podcast, uh, oh yeah, I'd be a mess. Yeah. It's. <laughs> I mean, there's so many crazy things happening right now that is you just got to have that social outlet. You know, like and I've never been a social person. I mean, I'm honestly surprised that I've been able to do a podcast. I'm not going to lie. Like I was not somebody who talked to people. I did retail and I did all kinds of sales. And I mean, I've spent a lot of time talking to people, but I just don't talk to people. But I find that in this situation, at least like during the lockdown period where I wasn't engaging at all, I was still a little bit like, this is weird. It's a little kind of quiet and empty and, but kind of liked it kind of didn't, I don't know. It was weird. Right. I'm a people person. So I just, yeah, I have to, I I have to be, I have to surround myself with people. It's just how I am. Um, yeah. Um, you know, I, I like solitude a little bit here and there, but for the most part, man, I go stir crazy. I, I need somebody to, to mess with. You know what I'm saying? Exactly. Exactly. And, you know, so, so yeah, this, it's been a crazy year. It's going to be an even better year next year. I don't care. It's, it's just going to be what we make it. How's that? Life oh, yeah. is what we make it and we can make the best of anything. And we are definitely making the best of this. So damn straight until next time. Thanks for joining us. As always, we appreciate you, the community, you support us and we love you all for it. We will talk to you guys soon. Have yourselves a great one. Take it easy. Peace.